Hello, welcome to James's pre-fight, post-fight MMA show, where we recap all the important things happening in the sport of MMA, and I, your host James, try to explain to you what's going on in the sport and make it as easy as one, two, three for you to understand. We hope you enjoy the show. One and go. Welcome back, everybody, to Fans Assemble. My... Your host name is James. That is me. I am joined by my lovely co-host of the show, Michael. Uh, we're going to talk to you about the last card of the year for 2022 for the UFC. UFC Fight Night, Cannoneer versus Strickland. A fight happening at the middleweight division, happening in the apex. <coughs> so it is the smaller cage, the smaller octagon. And... <clears throat> This should be a great card. I mean, it should be high-level action. This is actually a, not a bad fight night card, especially for the ones that happened in Vegas. You know, we're coming off of two pretty good cards. Last week was a pay-per-view where basically most of the fights, I think, went uh, happened via finish, except for the last two. And the card before, that's Thompson versus Hall. It was an excellent one. So hopefully we can figure uh, the UFC can um, end this year, 2022, and a pretty good ending, so. Uh, pretty good card overall. We're going to talk about Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. The co-main event, Armand Saryukian versus Is, uh, Demir Ismagulov. And then the main event between Jared Cannon, top five middleweights, Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. All should be very good fights, high-level fights, interesting action all the way through. So let's get it started, Mike. So first fight on the card, we have, let me take out my notes. Sorry. We have Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. So two guys who have been ranked in the past, always have been kind of on the fringe of being ranked, especially Bobby Green. Uh, both of them have been known for being kind of a little bit like gatekeepers for the young uh, up-and-coming fighters. But this time we're going to see these two veterans go at it against each other. Uh, so Drew Dober is 25 and 11, 34 years old, 5'8", with a 70-inch reach. His la- he's won the last two out of his three. And then Bobby Green is 29 and 13. He is 36 years old. He's 5'10 with 71-inch reach. And he has won two of his last three as well, with his one loss being his most recent against Islam Makhachev, where he was coming off, coming onto the fight on short notice, uh, like I believe a week's notice. He just fought at MSG last year, and then he ended up fighting Islam like the week after. He ended up getting taken down very quickly in the first round and then got TKO'd on the ground. And then he ended up getting suspended for um, – for so he had a USADA suspension, but he's back. It, I think it was like a, a tainted supplement. So that's why he's back so quickly. Uh, both guys, known for being in front of fights, Drew Dober, always known for striking. Bobby Green, good wrestler, but mostly known for his boxing and his ability to talk trash in the octagon. Uh, both a little bit fan favorite, so should be a good contest uh, between the two of them. So – Mike, what did you think when I uh, when we first started talking about this fight, especially with Bobby Green having this, um, you know, a little bit of a layoff? You know, he's known as being somewhat active. So, how do you think it's going to go? You know, it, it looks like it should be a striking affair, but uh, do you think we're missing anything when it comes to the analysis of this one? Yeah, um, well, I think a good reason why we covered this fight too is that I think it's an even one. 
Um, yes. For like a lot of the fights in this card, it's a very even card filled with a lot of parity. Um, I think the interesting thing here is when you look at the statistics, because Bobby Green is better statistically than Douglas. Yes, but, absolutely. you know, you kind of have to, like, you can look at that and be like, okay, I think Bobby Green's going to win this fight. Um, you know, but you have to look at the circumstances in the current moment. And like you said, you know, Green's had his challenges and difficulties. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they kind of forced him out of, out of fighting. But I think the ultimate question for Bobby Green was whether or not he's hurt by the difficulties he's faced or he's strengthened by them. You know, adversity can be a great tool. And, you know, like he has under his belt um, some interesting fights. And those are all things, you know, you wonder, like, does pressure make diamonds or does pressure absolutely crush you? You know, he lost in the first round to, you know, Islam. Uh, I always F up his name, but Makai. Magashev, yes, the current champion. <laughs> you know, and he got beat in the first round, but he hung in there in that first round of times. You know, he hit yeah. 50% of his strikes. Like, those things are, those things are, are a learning curve. And, you know, and that's all the way back in February. Um, but I, I I do think it's the question mark. Um, but you have to think about right now, and right now to me, Dober is the better fighter right now. He's got more momentum coming in, um, and he's got a more stable cast coming in. And I think ultimately yeah. that's going to lead to him to him prevailing. Um, but I think Bobby Green will come out strong, and I think he'll hang in there. Like you said, I think it's going to be a primarily striking-based fight. Um, I don't think I, – I just don't – I just don't see Bobby Green being ready for for a bounce back. I think Dober will actually catch him and finish him in the third round. Oh, I see that. It's just a matter of, of – is there going to be rust? Is there going to be – Maybe a lack of confidence on Bobby Green's part, and it could catch him, catch him slipping. And maybe he, you know, maybe his his chin's a little weakened. You know, uh, maybe yeah. he's not. He has not used. You know, obviously we say like, oh, fighting too soon, being active can be a detriment, like we saw with Tuivasa. But you know, at the same time, like you know, being out of the octagon, you might not be up to the par with the guys you're facing, and I think that's probably going to be the case. So I'm going with Dober third round. Yeah, I um, I go back and forth with this fight. Yeah, also, it's like, a tough card to predict. Yeah, like I think you said something very, very good. Like you said that you know Dober is a little bit more stable. Also, I I think that Dober, like uh, besides you know Bobby Green fighting Makachev, really Dober, like as of recently, he he's like the more in prime guy. Like you know, all the guys he's been fighting have been like uh, you know like Brad Riddell. You know, he, he's been having, like, these good fights where, um, you know, he's meant to be in the spot, right? Like, he earned right. that fight with uh, Islam Makashev when he fought him back in, like, 2020. So, we know, like, he's still kind of, like, in his prime. He's still making waves. Am I saying he's going to become a champion? No. But, like, Bobby Green, right, he's kind of, like, a little bit more like – it's a kind of the twilight a little bit of his career. Like, he's getting fun fights against interesting names like Ally Quinta. But – 
you know, we know, like, that fight with Islam, if, if it wasn't short notice, it probably would never happen. So I do think that's an interesting part of it. Uh, and in my big thing, like, uh, you know, so I think you pointed that out, the consistency of Drew Dober's competition and his schedule. But I also think, like, his, his striking is just a little bit more well-rounded. Like, he has very good um, leg kicks, good knees. Uh, obviously, his boxing is uh, very good, and so is Bobby Green's. It's kind of tough to tell for me who's going to win because um, – excuse me. Because uh, because Dober, one thing – just look at that guy. Look at his jaw, man. Like, he has the most – he looks like freaking Superman. <laughs> and he is so hard to get hurt. And I think Bobby Green, even though, you know, his big thing is, like, he squares up, and then he's like, come on, come on. Come on, hit me. And then, like, you know, he's, like, making the guy miss. And then, but I just think that Drew Dober, his striking is going to be way – like, his kick – his ability to kick, I think, is going to help him a lot in this fight. And then I think that – and then Bobby Green, we've seen him. He, like, really loves it when guys, like, punch him in the face. Like, they try to target his face. But Dober, I feel like he's not going to fall for that. And um, and then, like you said, even – and then you add on possible rust for Green, right? His, a lot of his style has, like, a lot of – him moving out of the way, shoulder rolling, like a lot of like making the guy miss by an inch. So I think that may hurt him. So I, I don't know if, uh, you know, Bobby Green has been finished. Uh, it happens once in a while. It's not super common, but it has happened. Uh, I think that, um, I think Drew Dober, the same pick is probably Drew Dober to win this via decision, in my opinion. I did, I like you're saying, I do think it's going to go late. And uh, I can see Bobby Green winning this by decision as well. But I just think that Dober, he's going to have a little bit more to go off of when it comes to his uh, technical ability. So uh, me and Mike are both picking uh, Drew Dober to win this. Yeah, I just wanted to add on because you made a good point about um, Bobby Green's record. And, you know, when you really do look about it, uh, look at it, um, a lot of decisions. Um, and it's one of those things like why I feel confident that he's going to last. Like the, the only time – like when he's been finished – it's usually against really it's it's against really really good fighters. Like, yeah, like, go back to, like when he fought Poirier years ago, you know Makachev, right? So like when he does get finished, it's against really really strong fighters, and he has a track record of fighting some really you know interesting fights. You know we mentioned you know you mentioned Yukina, um, Pizyev, Quick um, mm-hmm. Guida, you know so he he yeah, can yeah. with some tough guys. You know he he. He's a very durable guy. I think there's just a question marks about where he's at mentally and physically with this break and everything that's transpired for him. So should be an interesting one. Exactly. So moving on to, and I think this will be interesting because I feel like me and Mike will differ at this point. Uh, is Armand Saryukian so top top fifteen uh, lightweights? Armand Saryukian versus Demir Ismagulov. Uh, so Saryukian, he's coming off a very close uh, decision loss to Matash Gamra. And we saw Gamra, right? He got rewarded big time with a, a fight with Benil Darius in the top five. So and arguably, like, you know, Saryukian, he's trying to make his way back to that point where he can get a fight like that. And then uh, Demir Ismagulov, he's just been nothing but winning in the UFC. Uh, I believe winning his last five, five or four fights, uh, all via decision, you ask decision, most of them. Uh, so two guys, you know, uh, Ismail Gulov is a master of sport in military combat, which I've never seen before. And Armand Saryukian is a master of sport in 
boxing and MMA. Both of them come from the eastern side of the world. Ismagula from Kazakhstan and then uh, Saryukin from Armenia. So Saryukin is 18-3, and three, 26 years old, 5'7", with a 72-inch reach. Uh, basically, he's only lost two fights in the UFC. His last one being a decision loss to Matash Gamra. And his first fight he lost was against um, Islam Makashev via decision, which was a very, you know, competitive fight. Islam definitely won the fight, but it was very competitive. And then uh, shows how good his wrestling is. And then Demir Ismagulov is 24 and 1. He is 31 years old, 5'10 with 74 inch reach. And like I said, he's undefeated in the UFC. And uh, th- it should be interesting because you got uh, Saryukian, who a lot of people have been saying, oh, he'll be a future champion. He's 26 years old. He'll learn. His striking's getting better. You know, he's always had very good wrestling and scrambling ability. And then Ismagulov, very well rounded himself, but his game is a little bit more compact. A little bit more done with his striking, with his boxing. So I think it's an excellent fight. It's probably the fight I'm looking the most forward to on the card. So, um, Mike, what do you uh, what do you think when it comes to this uh, co-main event between lightweights? Yeah, I think this was interesting because you look at the track record of both competitors, and I think a big thing about momentum, about other fighters that we've been talking about, you know, previewing in their fights was a lot of knockouts, you know, and. Yeah. Now you're looking at Ismagalov and, and Sarukin, both competitors with a lot of decisions under their belt. Mm-hmm. So I think going into this fight now, what really is going to make the difference is the ground game. And yeah. okay. when, a, when a fight is decided by what happens on the ground, I think it becomes very, very, very difficult to project. Mm-hmm. But when you break things down, you look at it, right? And 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 obviously Sarukin has had a better level of competition. Um just by fighting Garman alone and taking him deep into a fight. Yeah. Same deep thing deep. with him and the champ the current champ. Yeah. Right. You know, it says a lot um about him. But I do find the one interesting thing to make case for Ismagalov is, statistically speaking, he is widely better at defense, you know, takedown yeah. defense. And that's one of those things I think, you know, in a tight, narrow fight could be all the difference. And avoiding, you know, avoiding getting taken down could be all the difference. And I think going into this one, you know, Sarugin is the favorite. And, you know, I, yeah. I was saying to someone else earlier today talking about different sports how important pedigree is. So always going into the, like where you come from, who you faced in the past, what you won in the past is always more important. It's always mm-hmm. very often to be a deciding factor. Going into this one, something tells me is is going to really do a great job. Um, and I think he's going to keep himself up. And I think he's going to end up uh, winning the fight. He can out by decision. Oh, man. You and I, so I'll say it, you and I have picked the same person. I thought for sure you were going to pick Saryukin. Uh, so um, I'm actually, yeah, I'm going Ismagulov. A lot of people I know are picking Saryukin because of his, um, you know, on paper, like you said, uh, you know, Ismagulov has good takedown defense. You know, of course, that could be tested again, right, because he hasn't fought this level of wrestler. 
And of course, Saryukin, he's known, like you said, right? He had the fight with Gamra and the fight with Makashev, where there's a lot of wrestling. He shows a great amount of wrestling ability. But I think that Ismogulov, he's going to. I think the thing between the two of them is Ismogulov's game is a little bit more concise. Like, it's a little bit more compact. Like, he's very well rounded. Don't get me started. But people associate Saryukin because he's willing to do more. But Ismagulov, I think, like, he has such a good system going on with his fighting style. Like, he's very quick. He's in and out very fast. He does a good job of, like, set. he does an excellent job of, like, always setting guys up uh, with his striking. And then, like you said, his grappling isn't bad itself. So, he could take care of it in that area. So, I think um, there's a positive. And then, uh, Armand Saryukin, like, his boxing's always been not bad. Like, it's okay. Like, he's a respectable hitter. But he he's never have been like oh wow his his boxing's very good or and then his, his kickboxing's getting better but it hasn't been that spectacular and then plus Ismagulov noticing that he does a fantastic job of um he makes adjustments in the fight I think that could be huge in this one especially like you said like Saryukin he has the ability to throw tricks in the bag right and I I think Ismagulov is going to be very good at Stopping those, adjust- avoiding those, uh, those adjustments that Saryukin's going to make, and I think Saryukin may have trouble keeping up with the adjustments Ismagulov is going to make. So that's why I'm, uh, I'm also leaning towards uh, Demir Ismagulov. A very close fight, like you said. I think no matter what, it probably go to decision. Ismagulov's never been finished. You know, Saryukin has uh, not bad uh, finishing abilities, and then I think Saryukin he's going to be very tough to finish especially in a three-round fight where you can't use the gas tank against them. So I am also going to pick Demir Ismogulov via decision. So, very uh, very close fight, though. Like you said, right? It's a guy, it's the well-rounded guy in Saryukian versus the more concise guy in Ismogulov. So it should be very, very good. Uh, so moving on to the main event, we have Jared Cannonier versus Sean Strickland. Extremely, extremely close fight, according to the odds. Uh, Kenanier is a minus 105, and then uh, Sean Strickland is a minus 115 in some spots. We have... Let me get out. Uh, Jared Kenanier is both top five. Jared Kenanier is 15 and 6, 38 years old, 5'11", with a 77-inch reach. He He's basically on a two... He, he was coming off of two wins before his lost his title fight loss against Israel Adesanya. And then Sean Strickland is 25 and 4, 31 years old, 6'1 for 76 inch reach. And his last fight, he just got absolutely decimated by Alex Pereira, the current champion. And then he's coming off of uh he was coming off uh, a pretty big win streak. Not the best opponents like there Uriah Hall, uh Jack Hermanson, Brendan Allen. You know, these guys are okay. A certain level of striker in my opinion. You know, Cannonier, some would say better strength schedule against Derek Brunson and Kelvin uh, um, Gaslam, things like that. Uh, and, um, you know, a lot of people were very surprised uh, game plan to fight Pereira, which was just do the stuff he normally does, which is walk forward and throw a lot of volume. So it'll be intriguing to see where he goes this fight, right? Another striker in Cannonier. Not the power of Pereira, but I do think he has uh, very good ability. So it should be a good one. Very close on paper. And remember, it's in the smaller cage. So it's in five rounds, especially. 
So, uh, Mike, what do you think when it comes to the killer gorilla versus the always controversial Sean Strickland? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I wonder about Strickland because he's coming off, you know, obviously this fight was supposed to happen earlier. Um, we ended yeah. up not being able to happen. Sean Strickland had, I believe, infection on his hand. Yeah, on his hand, yeah. Um, and that was only, you know, two months ago, really, about. And you know, so you're wondering, like, obviously, Kanyer has had a better ability to prep and you know, being healthy. And, and so I think that's the big X factor here. Like how has Strickland been doing, uh, recovering from that and getting back into the groove. And for both these competitors, like the mental edge of having a fight not take place. And then, you know, sometimes we see fights get canceled and never be made up. Sometimes they take a long time to, to reformulate, but this one's happening very fairly quickly after it was canceled. I think that creates a mental X factor for both of the competitors, um, how they deal with that. Because obviously we we know what really goes into prepping for these fights and all the work and that goes on behind the scenes. Um, so to get stopped in your tracks and then and restart again, restart right into the same person, the same prep, same strategy, throw in you know health issue for Strickland, it complicates it and creates a you know a challenging picture. Now, the, the also the interesting factor, um, too, was the fact that, you know, Kanyer has a track record here of, of, and this was back in July, taking Izzy the distance, uh, going the distance with Izzy. And, you know, that's, you know, I, I know he came under, you know, a lot of people were critical of some of his, his, his strategic game plan to those fights. Um, that he was playing for decisions, but I don't think that takes anything away from from Kenya at all. Very impressive performance. Yeah, he was able to adjust in that fight a lot. Yeah, I think he surprised a lot of people by that night, and you know that was a card where both of those fighters were on together, Strickland yeah. and Kanye. That's um, true. I didn't realize that. Yeah, both, both in defeat. Um, you know, obviously Strickland's loss was a was much more of disheartening. Whereas, yeah. you know, Ken Ayers, you can always point to and say it was a moral victory anytime you go five rounds with, with the champion. Although at the end of the day, defeat doesn't put the same check in your wallet and, and the belt around your waist. But you know, in an even fight, you know, mentality, and that's why I talk about these things, mental state and all that is is really key. Mm-hmm. How do you just create a slight edge over your opponent to find, you know, mistake and capitalize on it? And I think, you know, this is a tricky one. I think also being in the octagon, you know, the smaller octagon and the apex and going the five rounds, I think it's going to open up the ability for a finish. Like if I think yeah. of this is a fight on a pay-per-view in the large octagon and both, there was a lot more pressure on it. I mean, of course, there's pressure because they're the main event, you know, but it's not the same as, you know, fighting easy on in a pay per view main event or fighting Alex Pereira. Yeah, like these are two guys come off of losses. So, yeah, so you know, and there is pressure, right? They both really, really need it, you know, obviously, because these are two guys that are trying to be, you know, top dogs mm-hmm. um, in the middleweight division. And now that there was, you know, a, um, you know, a title change too, you know, things, 
kind of become fresh. Mm-hmm. And obviously Pereira ended up going on to be champion, so that's you know, difficult for Strickland, but um, yeah, it takes the really, pressure off a little bit. Like the they're not as packed, compact this division, right? Yeah, exactly. And now, like you know, when one one uh, one one domino falls, you know, in the chain reaction, you know, who knows what can happen. So both these fighters, it's really important. And I, and I think this is one where you have to just you just have to you know you have to look at the very very fine details of the fighters and you know and I think an interesting thing like going back to the fight with Izzy like he was you know he he outstriked him significantly um, although in you know less attempts. The percentage was higher of, of landed significant strikes. You know, so if Jared can be that efficient in this one, yeah, the accuracy. I think he could land the big one, especially if both guys are really trying to go for the finish. Um, yeah. and I guess Jared potentially landing a big combination and, and getting the win in this one. Um, I think this is just as easily could go to decision. I think all these fights, all the ones we've talked about, yeah, could easily all go to decision. I think they're all on the table to go the distance. Um, you know, and that's one thing too, because if you think about it, right, like Strickland got finished in the first round by Pereira and obviously Pereira also finished the champion. Um, so what does that say about, about, you know, obviously, you know, Izzy might not have been as aggressive as some spectators would have liked, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is an interesting point. Like, what does that say about the durability of Canier? Is he in a position, you know, Strickland, you know, and I know this was about, you know, five months ago, but especially given that Strickland had to deal with the, with the infection and missed some time and obviously had some setbacks, you know, Strickland might be weaker going into this fight, and I think physically weaker, and I think that's something, too, that could lead to a finish, a differential. Um, and I think I'm leaving it on the table. I think I think this fight would be awesome if it, if it ended. Yeah, that would be like a big drama, right? Right, exactly. Oh, I think it, set, um, it would be a perfect setup for the winner of the fight to finish a big one to go on and uh, you know, yeah, move back you up catch, into the picture. Exactly, you catch the momentum you had, and even more so, probably. Yeah, you don't want to um, in this kind of fight. You don't want to leave anything on the table? Question marks? Because that was a big problem with the pay per view. That just occurred, you know. It was like the <laughs> I knew, I knew you wanted to bring that up. <laughs> you know, it's like there's big, you know, you want to win decisively. Like you don't want it to be down to controversy. You want it to be yeah. down to one judge. You want it to be clear. If you want to become a champion, if you want to become a legend in the octagon, you need to finish. You have to, and uh, especially in the middleweight division, right? That was a big key. Like Izzy was winning, getting by by decision, and then Pereira comes along and says, "No, I'm the champ. I'm taking this from you." And you're not getting back up. Like, so I think that's yeah. the key here. If someone can find the way to go for the hall and really, really make that big step forward, um, I just think it's going to be more likely to be Canier, just given you know, Strickland's coming off getting finished. He's coming off. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, all this whole all these unsure questions. Um, one thing I uh, so. 
Also, Strickland, like one thing people are forgetting his last fight, and I don't know if uh, I don't. I have no idea if he's gonna like address this at all. But you know, as soon as he lost, he started to say, "Oh, you know, I had a bad weight cut." Which on the pay per view, I do remember that he weighed in last. And I don't know. I think Pereira would have knocked him out like that the same way if he had a good weight cut. But um, I said somebody he may be getting for him. He may be getting too big. 85. I'm not saying he should move up, but I'm just like, you know, that may be a, a problem for him, possibly, if he does not fix that. And uh, I then I think Cannonier, I'm not saying like, oh, he's as good as Pereira, but he has like the abilities to do like similar things, like the leaping left hook. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, but Sean Strickland, his style is like always move forward. He does that weird thing where his hands are like always together, and he's like grabbing punches and like there's a lot of things like he blocks like with his arms and stuff. And sometimes he will like block incorrectly, like to the body and to the leg. And no one ever takes advantage. But I always say it's because the guys he fought, like Jack Hermanson, like Brendan Allen, uh, all these guys, like they're not really good strikers. They're not guys who like make adjustments in the fight when it comes to like what holes he's showing. And I was like, Cannonier, I feel like he can do that. He can create those openings. And then I think you brought up a good point. Like, what about the five rounds? Or, like, Strickland, he's been very well known to, like, go to decision. So, you know, you got to think, like, his durability is somewhat good. But I think you brought up a good point. Like, his style, he's always moving forward. And then he's always striking, basically. And then he just got knocked out very badly. So, like you said, right, you wonder where is his head at. Like, I think he's probably, right now, at this current moment, he's probably very confident he could take a shot. But then it's like, what if he's he himself does not acknowledge, like, oh, maybe that knockout did do something. And then Canadier hits him. And then Strickland, like, he went from never being rocked in middleweight to then being TK, knocked out bad by Pereira. So it's like, you wonder, like, how is his durability going to be? And then if he acknowledges it, that could change his style a lot. Like, his style is, like, always moving forward, always striking. And I think that his uh, his style has, like, some holes in it defensively that people haven't taken, like, notice of. So that's why I think um, Cannoneer. I, 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 I didn't, you know, when you first brought up maybe a finish by Cannoneer could be in play. I was like, ah, I don't know, Michael, you know, it's a little bit of a, a stretch there. But then when you when you put it together, like you said, right, like the, the knockout, and then plus, like, and in your, he's a little bit more of like your, your Chris striker. I can see I didn't use it like five rounds, right? I don't think Jared's going to be able to put him out in one, but I could see it being something like he keeps hitting him and he's just like back into another punch, back into another punch. So I uh, I agree with you. I think um, Kenanier uh, via decision, though, for my case. I, I, I could see what you mean by the finish, but I just think it's going to be something like Kenanier is landing well in like the middle of the fight or the, the beginning of the fight, and then maybe Sean Strickland has, like, a couple good moments. Uh, that's how I see this fight. But I, I think you brought up a very good point, though, with the Pereira loss. I didn't think of it like that. Like, it may do some. Also, this is, like, a guy – you see in his interviews, right? Like, he's, like, so confident every time he comes into a fight. You know, so it could affect him mentally. So, um, I think that's pretty much it. So, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we – Hope you enjoy it because we enjoyed making it. Uh, should be a good night of fights. Uh, like Mike said, it, it'll probably, you know, there's a good chance for most of them go to the decision, but it should be good action, though. Uh, so, and this was the end of our 2022 MMA show.
Uh, we will probably see me and Mike again very soon, where we're going to be breaking down some Marvel stuff, possibly some controversial things about Star Wars. So get Mike in front of Ray for. So uh, you yeah, very very soon because you know we need some. We have some time after uh, the UFC fights to film some more stuff. So hopefully that'll come out very soon. Almost most definitely we're going to do the Marvel one. We're going to try to fit in some Star Wars stuff. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our podcasting platforms as well. It really helps us out to get a better product going. And thank you and see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you were listening to, please subscribe to Fans Assemble. And if you can, please give us a rating. Do it for the audio world. They need you.